Good morning, everybody. Let me greet our campuses today. I'm glad you're with us. My name is Eddie Couples. I'm the lead pastor for Love and Truth Ministries, and I'm glad you're with us today wherever you're joining us, whether Cordova or Craneville or Savannah or Henderson today. I'm glad you're with us. We began a series last week on Unwrapped, and so let's continue that today. Would you take your Bibles today, all of you, let's take our Bibles and go on the Word of the Lord to the book of Matthew, the 18th chapter, and we're going to begin talking today about forgiveness. Has, has anybody ever needed to forgive anybody? Some of you need forgiveness for lying in church. <laughs> the book of Matthew, the 18th chapter, verse 21 and 22 says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? I mean, Peter says, man, I'm going I'm to raise the bar. Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. King James Version says 70 times 7. Now, I don't know about you if it's 70 times 7 or 77. I'm going to struggle with either one of them. Wow, really? Going to be one of those kind of days, huh? Come on. How many of you know that, that I mean, 77 times to forgive you because you're doing the same thing? 490 times if we want to just really jump it up there? And here's the deal, is the Lord's not saying to us, oh yeah, and by the way, at the end of 77 times, on 78, shoot them. It's over, take them out. That's not what he's saying. He's trying to show us a principle uh, of forgiveness. Uh, the book of Matthew uh, goes on in chapter 6, if you'll go back just a few chapters. Uh, Matthew 6, verse 14 and 15 says, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now, I don't know about you, but I need a little forgiveness. Probably this morning. Probably between services. See, we, we, we love to pretend that some of these things don't fit us. And, and here's what I found. Here's what I want to tell you. If you don't learn to forgive, you're going to live in a state uh, of unforgiveness that leads you into bondage. It, it, it will shackle you. It will hold you down. It will keep you from achieving what you want to in life. Unforgiveness hurts the victim, not the one who has created the problem. And, and so we, we have this struggle. We have this issue that goes on. Um, and and let, let me just read to you uh, something th today. I, I just came across this. It's a letter that I, I want to read to you today. Uh, here's, here's a letter from a lady. She said, I caught my husband making love to another woman. He swore it would never happen again. He begged me to forgive him, but I could not. I would not. I was so bitter and so incapable of swallowing my pride that I could think of nothing but revenge. I was going to make him pay and pay dearly. I'd have my pound of flesh. I filed for divorce even though my children begged me not to. Even after the divorce, my husband tried for two years to win me back. I refused to have anything to do with him. He had struck first. Now I was striking back. All I wanted was to make him pay. Finally, he gave up and married a lovely young widow with a couple of small children. He began to rebuild his life without me. I see them occasionally, and he looks so happy. And here I am, a lonely, old, miserable woman 
who allowed her selfish pride and foolish stubbornness to ruin her life. Unfaithfulness is wrong, revenge is bad, but the worst part of all is that without forgiveness, bitterness is all I have left. Now, I don't know about you today, but I know people who are just like that. Now, let me say something to you. In all of our lives, and every person who is listening to me or watching me today, I guarantee you, every one of you have been done wrong by somebody. There's nobody that's in this place today who has not had something happen to them. In the 70s, there was a song called Somebody Done Somebody Wrong Song. Right? Yeah, I mean, and, and it really is true. Another somebody done something. We, we've all experienced that. We've all gone through that. And, and here's the deal. I will tell you, you have a right to be mad. You have a right to be angry. You have a right to be bitter. Never thought you'd hear a preacher say that, did you? But you know what? As long as you hold on to your rights, it's going to keep you in bondage. As long as you keep saying, but if you only knew what they did to me, if you only experienced what I went through, and some of you have gone through horrible things. Some of you experienced things as children that nobody ought to have to experience. Some of you have experienced things in your marriage and in your business and in relationship with friends and family members that are so wrong and so horrible. And I am not making light of that today. But I want to tell you, as long as you hold on to your rights, you are going to live a life that is miserable. You're going to live a life not that Jesus came to give. The Bible says Jesus wants you to have an abundant life. The, the great thing about Jesus is, is that he came to this earth so that you and I could experience life at its fullest. He doesn't want us to live life always under problems, always under difficulties, always struggling. He really wants us, if we are his children, he wants us to be overcomers. He wants us to live an overcoming life. And yet so many of us are wrapped up in what was done to us as a child or what was done to us by a spouse or what was done to us by a business partner or what was done to us by the school or what was done to us by this race or that race. And our problem is as long as we hold that, we never find ourselves truly living in freedom and in the power of the presence of God. Nelson Mandela spent over 20 years in a prison cell because he dared to stand up against apartheid in South Africa. Finally, they released him, and as most of you know, he became the first black president of South Africa after apartheid. And if you study the transition of that government and what he did even in the trials that were held, he shows us what forgiveness is all about. He shows us what reconciliation is all about because in most African countries when that happens, there is turmoil, there is destruction. And yet in South Africa, because of a man who understood forgiveness, they were able to turn that country slowly and bring it to where it needed to be. And Nelson Mandela said this about unforgiveness. He said, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping it will kill your enemies. Unforgiveness is like taking a bottle of strychnine and putting it to your mouth and thinking the other person's going to die. 
And so what I see from that and, and, and what I, I want to implore you today is, is that in each and every one of our lives, we can hang on to our rights, but it will bring destruction. Or we can choose to learn how to forgive. And so I want to show you some things today, how to move into a place of forgiveness. Forgiveness begins with, first of all, Matthew 5, says it this way. He says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now, here's where I believe you have to start with forgiveness. I believe with all my heart, you have to start in prayer. Now, that's probably not in any book you've ever read on forgiveness. That's probably not in anything you've ever heard. But I believe all forgiveness starts in prayer. Because I want to tell you, now, I, I'm not the kind of guy who holds a grudge. I'm the kind of guy who blows up. I'm the kind of guy who tells you off and moves on. I'm done. Let's go to lunch. That's just the way I am. It took my wife a long time to figure that out. You know, I'd, I'd go off about something, and then I'd go, let's go somewhere. And she'd look at me like, after what you just did? I was done. You know, it was over, moved on, let's go. So I'm not, I'm not the kind of guy who holds anger and unforgiveness. But in those few occasions that I've dealt with this, what I've found is, is that in those moments when I begin to pray for that person, my, my, my start-up point in prayer are those Old Testament prayers. Come on, any of you know what those Old Testament prayers are like? God, kill them. No, come on. I, I mean, that, that's, that's where I, I start. I go, now, Lord, you know what they did to me, and uh, kill them. And now I've got good company, David and some of the Old Testament prophets, that, you know, they did that same thing. And, and then once I kind of get that out of my spirit, then I say, I, I pray another David prayer, Lord, break their teeth. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but God, do it to them. You know, it's, it's, it's this whole process of, of, of at that point, at that, I don't know about you, maybe, maybe it's easy, but at that moment, I don't really feel like forgiving them. I just know I'm supposed to. Now, let me help you with a couple of things real quick. Number one is forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is a choice. If you are waiting until you feel like it, some, something's going to freeze over before you feel like it. Right? So, so it's, it's not a feeling. It's a choice. I choose to forgive. The other aspect about forgiveness is this, is that forgiveness is a process. For, forgiveness is not something you do one time and it's over with. Forgiveness is something that, that you have to do again and again and again. Because here's what's happening. You're praying, you're saying, God, okay, Lord, I'm past the killing them, I'm past the breaking their teeth, I'm past, you know, just make them real sick, feel like they died, and you know. Here's where I'm at, God. Forgive them. And so you finally get to that place, God, forgive them. And what begins to happen at that moment is that as you begin to pray, God, forgive them, God begins to remind you of what he's forgiven you of. See, that's why you need to pray. That's why as a Christian, if you're a believer here today, you, your, your injunction from the word of God is you need to pray. Because in that moment, as, as you kind of move past the anger, you move past the hurt, you move past the destruction, you begin to say, God, I'm, I'm at this point. And God begins to remind you, I forgave you of this, I forgave you of that, I forgave you of that other thing nobody knows about. 
and you go, God, you've been so good to me. God, I'm like the guy in Scripture who owed the king millions of dollars, and I could not pay, and I went and fell on his mercy, and he forgave me. But the problem with that story is, is that that same guy who the king had forgiven an insurmountable debt met his friend who owed him $20 and said, give me my money. And he said, I don't have it. He said, I'm throwing you in jail. See, the debt that I have been forgiven is greater than I could ever pay. So therefore, whatever somebody on this planet does to me is less than what I've already done to God. And so prayer reminds me of that. The second thing in this whole forgiveness process is in the book of Romans, the 12th chapter and the 17th verse, and it says, do not repay everyone evil for evil. It, it says, don't, don't do that. It says, be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. The, the second aspect of forgiveness is don't try to get even. Now, I know you want to. I know that the first thought is, is I, I, I want to get even. And you start living in this fantasy place of how you're going to show them. H have any of you ever seen uh, the movie that they show, uh, TBS shows it 24 hours a day from Christmas Eve to Christmas, called A Christmas Story. Anybody ever seen that? You, you are underprivileged if you've never seen it. It's the dumbest, funniest movie on television, all right? In the story, for those of you who see it, there's a little boy who wants a, he wants a Red Ryder BB gun. That's what he wants for, for Christmas. Uh, but the, the, whole, the whole thing is just hilarious to me. But in there, there's, there's a moment that this kid, uh, in a moment of great distress, says some words he shouldn't say. We'll leave it at that, all right? Some things came out of his mouth. They shouldn't have come out of his mouth. And so his mama grabs him. She takes him upstairs, and she gets a bar of soap. Some of you had that experience. And she washes his mouth out with soap. Now, I can see all the younger ones going, oh, that is child abuse. Ah, you should have grown up in our day. All right? And, and she washes his mouth out with soap. And then all of a sudden, this child enters into this fantasy place. And if you remember the story, what happens is he begins to imagine how he's going to get back at his parents. And the greatest way that he's going to get back at his parents, and you kind of see it in his image, is that he comes in wearing glasses, black, dark glasses, and he's got a cane. And, and, and they're saying, oh, what happened? And he said, I went blind. Why did you go blind? Because of soap poisoning. And see, that's kind of, we, we laugh at that and go, oh, they're not a kid. But that's how we are. We, we allow the moment, we allow the situation, we allow what the person did to us to create something within us that says, I am going to get even with you. Instead of learning how to give things to God. Instead of learning how to release them to the Lord and saying, Lord, there's no way that I can hang on to this. There's no way that I can continue to, to live this way. God, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give these things into your hand. Lord, would you take whatever it is that they've done to me? See, here's, let, let me just quickly, I don't know why I'm saying this, but somebody needs to hear this. Some of you need to forgive God. Some of you are mad at God. Some of you feel like God let you down. Some of you prayed when you were a child that certain things would stop, and they didn't stop. Some of you went through divorces and you prayed God wouldn't let it happen and it still happened. 
Some of you experience, and, and, and you are angry today with God. You need to forgive God. You need to forgive yourself. There's none of us that are perfect. There are, there are none of us who have done everything right. And so maybe you were the cause of the breakup. Maybe you were the cause of the problem. You, you need to forgive yourself because God's forgiven you. See, we, we've, we've got to learn to live in this place that we're not trying to get even with God. We're not trying to get even with ourselves. And we're not trying to get even with anybody else. We're just saying, Lord, take this hurt. Take this destruction. You say, Pastor, but I really want to get even. When you want to get even, refer to number one. Pray. When you want to justify, just go pray. Because in those moments, God begins to bring about what needs to happen in your life. The third thing is found in the book of Luke, and I won't read the entirety, but it's Luke 6, 27 through 31. And it, and it talks about that, that it's the, the scripture Jesus says to us, he said, listen to me, I want to tell you something. He said, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you and bless those who curse you. And then he goes on in, in that process, they're talking about that. The third thing that you've got to do to move into forgiveness is that you've got to turn your anger, you've got to turn that hurt that's inside of you into blessing. You say, how do I do that? What are you talking about? Listen, I'm talking about two different aspects here. You've got to turn the anger that you have against the person that did it to you, you've got to turn it into blessing. And I promise you, the first time you try it, you're going to feel like the biggest hypocrite that there ever was. Because you're going to say something like this in prayer. You're going to say, now, Lord, I pray you would. Now, Lord, I pray over them today, and I pray you would. I mean, it's hard to even get it out of your mouth. And when it finally comes out, it feels like your mouth is full of rocks. I pray you'd bless them, God. But you don't mean it yet. I mean, it's just. You said it, but you wanted to bless them with a big boulder from heavenlies. <laughs> bless them, Lord. Bless them. Bless them. Kill them, God. Kill them. I mean, you're, you're in this process, and, and, and you have to laugh about this kind of stuff because it's so hurtful because we've all been there. We, we've all experienced those moments where, where life was so unfair, life was so horrible, the things that happened to us were so destructive that even while we're trying to be a Christian, even while we're trying to do what we know we ought to do, it is killing us on the inside. And so you have to learn, you have to willingly begin to say it. And, and at first, you're not going to believe it, you're not going to mean it, but you're going to have to go ahead and just say it and begin to confess it and begin to talk about it. And as you do that, you will begin to see a transition. You'll begin to see a change that happens in that moment. So I've, I've got to work with that aspect of blessing the other person so that my anger is destroyed. But I've also got to bless them so that the hurt inside of me will be taken care of. See, here's, here's what you've got to understand. You've got to change the direction of the hurt. The hurt came here. Not there, not to them, not to God, not to the devil. The hurt came to you. I've got to change the hurt. I've got to change the direction of that. I've got to get it out of me. I've got to get it to God and let him begin to bring restoration and healing in my life. Well, let me say something to you. 
When you forgive someone or, or some situation, you in no way change the past. Did you hear me? Whatever they did, they still did. And all these people that tell you, well, if you really forgave, you'd forget. They're full of baloney. Well, if you were really a Christian, if you really forgave them, you would never think about that again. Really? What planet are you living on? God does that, but I can't do that. I mean, years ago when Sherry and I first moved uh, to Memphis, uh, I was working for Pastor Luther, and they put us in a house next to the church. I'm not going into that, but anyway, I have forgiven him for that house. But <laughs> we were putting an air conditioner in the, the window. I was putting an air conditioner in the window, and it, it was a, one of those old houses that had side panes, and as I'm pulling it down, uh, the, the window popped out, and it, it it, I still have a scar to this day. It, it cut my, uh, my arm right there. We got to the hospital. Sherry took me to the hospital. And, and the, you know how they do in, in emergency rooms, right? All right. Well, how bad is it? So I just pulled the towel back and blood squirted all the way across the dish. She goes, oh, you're pretty bad, aren't you? So they rushed me right in. They sewed it up. And, and you know, within a few weeks, it was fine. But you know what? Every time I look at that scar, I remember that house. I have forgiven, but I hadn't forgotten, right? Come on, we, we've, we've got to understand that, and we, we've, got to un, we, we've got to live that way, and we don't need to feel condemned because we still remember what happened. Again, focus on this. Forgiveness is an act of your will. It's not a feeling, all right? Now, let me give you the fourth one, which is going to sound a little strange from a pastor, but I want you to hear it. Romans 12, 18, the Apostle Paul says to us, if it is possible, I want you to see that word, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Here's the fourth aspect I believe in forgiveness. Be reconciled if possible. If possible. There are some people that I have forgiven that I will not hang out with. Don't miss it. I can forgive you, but I don't have to allow you to hurt me again. Some of you who came from such dysfunctional homes can forgive how you were raised, but it does not mean you have to put yourself back in that circumstance. I'm quoting Scripture. If it is possible... Here's what I found years ago. Forgiveness doesn't mean I have to trust them again. I, I know that's not what you normally hear. I understand. But I think it's biblical. I think that I've got to make a decision. There, there are things in my life, there are, there are moments, and I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about, you know, one time you mess up and whatever, but I'm talking about if somebody is consistently in a pattern of destruction against you and in your life, you can forgive them, but you can distance yourself from them. I think that's what the Apostle Paul is saying to us. So how, how do I live this lifestyle of forgiveness? Pastor, you've given us four things, and man, they're tough. In fact, let me say this to you. I, I don't think I've used the word easy in this whole sermon. Because what I'm talking about today is not easy. What I'm talking about today is one of the toughest things you will ever do. 
but it is one of the most beneficial things you can ever do. So how, how do I live in this place as a, as a Christian? How do I live in this place of forgiveness and continuing to forgive? The, f- the first thing is that you have to understand who you are. You're God's child. You're not who they say you are. See, when, when they say you're this, no, I'm God's child. Some of you need to settle that today. Some of you need to understand today that, that when people say, well, you, you're, you're, you, this is who you are, and they define you by an act or they define you by something that happened in your past, that's not who you are. You are God's child. And so when I understand that, then I won't let you put me back in that category. See, a lot of condemnation that people carry is because they are allowing someone else to define who they are. I have decided I am God's child. So therefore, you can tell me this, you can call me that, but I'm not going to allow you to define who I am because I'm God's child. And I'm going to live like that, and I'm going to conduct my life like that. So that's number one. Until you determine who you are, you can't live in forgiveness with everybody else. So you you got to get that basis. Number two is, though, is that you have to understand others. Say, what do you mean? Well, they're just God's children with imperfections. Right? And guess what? What I didn't tell you in the first one is you've got a few imperfections yourself. See, isn't it easy for us to look in the mirror and just say, I'm God's child, and, well, God understands why I did what I did. See, in all the years of pastoring, it's, it's interesting to me how many people come to me wanting me to judge somebody and, and, and to, to, you know, take, take care of this and to deal with them. But then when the shoe's on the other foot, it's like, but, Pastor, you know. Yeah, I know. Here's, here's what I know. We judge others by their action. We judge ourselves by our intent. We see what they did, and so, bless God, I can't believe they did that. We look at ourselves, I know I did that, but... And so if I want to be a person who lives in this atmosphere of forgiveness, not only do I have to see myself as God's child, but I have to see others. And you say, Pastor, they're not Christians. They're still God's child. The Bible says we were created in His image and after His likeness. All of us are God's children. So I have to see them as that. And then lastly, and this is the last thing I want to say to you, is not only do I have to understand who I am and understand who they are, I have to understand God's power. The Bible says that He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power of the Holy Spirit that works inside of us. There are those moments when you open your mouth to bless and you want to curse. When when you've decided, "I'm, I'm going to release it, I'm going to forgive it, I'm going to let them go. But in that moment, there's something else that happens inside of you. And anger and hurt and and almost a demonic rage comes up inside of you. Why? Because without God... I can never fully forgive. A 
few years back, most of you saw this in the national news, there was a Mennonite, uh, excuse me, an Amish community where a gunman came into their school, barricaded the doors, and began to methodically shoot and kill their kids. And as the news media gathered all across the world, as these parents would go to bury those children, the number one thing that kept being said time and time and time again by all the news people was, we cannot believe what we are hearing because these people were standing at the graveside of their child or some of them of multiple children. And as they stood there, instead of calling down wrath from God, they stood there and they asked God to bless that man and his family. Now I want to tell you something. You can't do that without God. You cannot. And that's why it is so antithetical to the world's understanding because the world's concept is if you do me wrong, guess what, buddy? I'm getting you back. But if we genuinely want to be Christians, we've got to be Christ-like. And Jesus Christ, came to this earth because of my rebellion, because of my sin, because of the destructive nature of what I had done to break every law that he had established. And in his love, he came to this earth and he hung upon a cross and he said, as he is suspended between heaven and earth, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We say, oh, he's talking about the soldiers. No. Because the Bible tells us that despising the shame, but looking to the glory, Jesus endured the suffering of the cross. It was because of my sin that Jesus was nailed to the cross. And yet he chose to forgive. How can I do any less than live a life of total and complete forgiveness?